Sweet. Yeah, I know it is. It's the beauty of our industry. It's, it's just how we're supposed to look, you know, we got to look young. I know I just washed my face. My face is nice and red. You know, this is the, the raw, raw, nothing on, you know, I'm just going to put makeup on and then we're good to go. How good does it feel though? That bun and getting the makeup off. Oh, it feels amazing. And no eyelashes, you know, cause I usually have eyelash extensions and I'm supposed to be getting them redone tomorrow, but I'm, I'm, yeah. It just feels good to like touch your eyes and like touch your face, you know? I couldn't agree more. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Well, let's get started. Um, so basically I just use the audio of this. I don't use the film, obviously. Yeah, um, cool. That's why I'm in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> I figured I was like, I didn't even tell her whether or not we were using this part, whatever. Um, it's I didn't so think so. I'm like, I could go inside if I have to, but the audio is better in my car okay I got you away from my family yeah away from the kids I still can't believe you have kids gosh I don't know why I'm like baffled by that but I am um okay well hi hello to everybody who's listening to this right now welcome to another episode of the fuck you mentality um where I interview pros who are willing to speak their truth and just willing to talk shit and just kind of talk about their life and be proud of themselves for damn it because I feel like our industry is not prone to celebrate each other but anyway um, I have Justine, correct? That's how you say that? Yes. Awesome. Yes, Justine. Um, I have a good, a good friend, a good friend. I don't even know her, but I met her <laughs> through, um, through a mastermind that I took. I was recommended to her to go look at her stuff, to just follow her. And I followed her. And I, the reason why I'm so drawn to her is because her style and how she does things is different from what I'm used to. And I'll touch base on why I say that, but Justine, introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Like, where are you? Like, tell me all the things about you. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Justine Wolf. It's so funny because a lot of people wouldn't even know my last name. It's kind of like a Madonna moment because everyone knows me as Polish style Justine because that is my handle on Instagram. So it's kind of funny whenever I say my last name to people who even have followed me for a long time, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize you had a last name. So there you go. You've got it straight up. It's Wolf. Um, I am a wedding hairstylist and educator. So I do wedding hair only, uh, no event hair, nothing else, just wedding hair. Um, I've done a lot of other things in the past, but this is just at the moment. And I'm I'm an educator. So I'm a qualified educator um, with my own brand now. So I only work for myself. So I do education for myself, uh, liaising with brands, doing my own workshops. I've got my own online education. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so it's all based around weddings and also freelance business owners at the minute um the reason why I'm so drawn to that is because you only do weddings that is am I insane what's that am I insane oh my gosh (laughs) yeah like that is so nishy how how on earth did you manage to just you went you went so small to go so big like how this is it and I I think that that is uh, That is totally the secret, I think, to, I guess, the success I've had. But I didn't mean to. I think that's kind of, I didn't mean to at the time. It's happened over time that, like, I started off doing event hair and stuff like that. I've done everything in the industry, and I can tell you all about that if you want. Um, Not everything. I haven't done barbering. But I've done a lot of other things in the industry, and I think that 
um, weddings is something I've always wanted to do. And I didn't ever think that I would be able to, especially after we had kids, because my husband works Saturdays. Mm -hmm. So I thought I would never kind of get away with that. I would never be able to. Um, sorry, I've lost my light here. Where am I there? Um, yeah, I thought I'd never be able to do it. So I was actually really sad about that fact. And then I thought, you know what, if I had the opportunity to do it, I'd do it really, really well to the absolute best of my ability. So I kind of had a conversation with him one day and I'm jumping ahead here, but I had a conversation with him one day and I was in tears. I'm like, you get to do your job. You just like, you don't even have to ask anyone. You just get to do your job. You just get to, whether you like it or not, you just get to do it. You don't have to beg anyone or whatever. And I'm, you know, I do, I have these two little kids and I was thinking, I want to work, but all I want to do is weddings. So I was crying one day on the couch and saying all of this to him. And he was like, um, look, sorry to break up the party and all, but I was just wondering if you ever thought of getting a babysitter. And I was like, what? No. Oh, it's bonkers. I would never do that. My gosh, no. I was like, you my mind. What? hold on, hold on a second. Tell me more about this really unique idea you're having. So <laughs> he, kind of, he kind of did. He was like, no, I'm dead serious. Go and get a, um, go and get a babysitter. And I didn't want to have our family or anything and lock anyone in. So I went and interviewed a whole heap of babysitters, had them come over to the house and whatever, and realized, okay, this is a possibility. I hired one. The kids are obsessed with her. And now I'm actually at a point in my career where I could stop doing the Saturdays because I really only, you know, with the education and everything, I don't really have to do Saturdays. I could do a Friday, I could do a Sunday or whatever, but the kids won't let me because they love the babysitter so much. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, mom, go ahead. I don't care, you know. Exactly. I get home and they're like, mom, you had a short day. And I'm like, it's four o'clock. But anyway, so that's kind of a little bit about what I do. And yeah, I did, um, I did niche down quite tight, but like I say, that kind of happened by accident. Once I kind of started it, I was doing, um, you know, event hair and I was doing wedding hair and all sorts of hair. And I was even still coloring hair and stuff like that. And it just took it, it just kind of took this, it took on a life of its own, I guess, when, um, when I just started getting weddings, that's all, you know, they just kept booking me more and more and more. So then I got rid of the other things slowly over time. So um, yeah, it just turned into weddings. And then over lockdown, we had a very long lockdown here in Melbourne, Australia. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a lot of people start asking me, can you show me how you do your styles? Can you show me how you grew your Instagram? Can you show me how you, you know, how you have the guts to get up and talk on your, on your stories and whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm actually a qualified educator and I have been for 13 years. So yes, I can show you. I'll put together a curriculum for each person. Yeah. And then I realized they were all asking me the same questions. So then I was like, I'm going to film this and turn it into an online course. So that's what I've done. What? Just like that? Well, no. Like, yeah, I know, I know. But like, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of like you found something, you realized you were kind of good at it. Then you kind of played with it and then it kept growing and you just were like, okay, like, this is kind of cool. I'll just keep doing this. And then it grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And it grew and grew. And I guess when, um, when I took on this and knowing that I really wanted to do it and knowing that I well not, but thinking that I wouldn't be able to do it, thinking that I wouldn't ever have this opportunity. I took the opportunity and I ran with it. So it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I, I was really good at it because I, actually I wasn't. I went and did education. So I went and did classes. Basically, I found anybody who's achieved what I would love to achieve and I went and learned from them. That is exactly what I did. I went, okay, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. And I went and learned from them. And then I made it my own. And how I did that was when I came back 
from their education, I would sit anybody down, like ask anyone in my family, they crack up. Like if you scroll right down to the start of my page, most of the hairstyles are on me, my sister, my friends, like they're all, I didn't have any brides booked in. I remember sitting there at the very beginning when I, you know, had finally kind of gone, I want to do this and yeah, okay, I've got my babysitter. And then I'm like, okay, well, I need a yeah why aren't the people flocking this is weird like why are they not just flocking and booking me so um I did every Saturday every day that I possibly could I would sit people down and I would do their hair and all and I bought mannequin heads and I just do their hair which if you've ever seen my Instagram you would know that Denise and um <laughs> Ali mm-hmm. but yeah so it's kind of it sounds easy but I guess in a way, it was it was probably a good six months of doing that, and then I got put in lockdown. <laughs> so yeah. it's like it wasn't actually what it seemed. So I probably haven't done that many weddings when people are asking me for my advice because it looked like I was way more of an expert than I actually was because yeah. I just kept, you know, I kept really, um, I kept, you know, my online presence going, and I just kind of like positioned myself as a leader and an expert. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I do know this stuff. Okay, I haven't done, um, you know, so much bridal hair. I've done it over the years that I've been a hairdresser, but I haven't really done, but that doesn't actually matter. Because if I've got something good enough to share, they'll want to learn from me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I've always loved education. So that was a real hoot because I actually hadn't, I didn't have the foresight that that was going to happen in this new role. Like I literally thought when I started doing weddings, I thought I'd just do Saturdays. One wedding a week, that's all I'm going to do and that's it. But it's really evolved <laughs> since then. So this whole platform is new then? Yeah. I just, it like, it just dawned on me. I'm like, wait a minute. She said six months prior to lockdown. Lockdown was two years ago. Yeah. It hasn't so had been my, that long. I've had my um, polished style, Justine. So literally I was sitting in the kitchen with my mum one day. And, um, and I was doing her hair, like in the kitchen, doing her color. And I was like, mom, I think I want to have a hair business. I think I want to have my own hair business. And she's like, all right, cool. What are we going to call it? And we literally sat there and I said, I just want to call it polished. All I could see was polished with like a dot on the end. That's like exactly what I wanted it to be. And yeah, like clean, whatever. That is so my vibe. And then, um, she started looking up you know, different things online. She was like, babe, there's, there's a polish already. You can't have that. And I was like, well, I don't have another idea. Like, that's what I want. She's like, what about polished style? And I was like, doesn't sound like polished. Like it sounds like a bit lame, whatever. And then I was like, all right, let's do it. And then it's so funny because it just becomes you. So like, even when I, so this was like, that was eight to 10 years ago that I did that. So then I had this little business just like, um, while I had my kids and stuff like that, I had this little business where I would just do colors even when I was working, I would do colors on the side and whatever. I had a salon at home and it was called Polish Style. So I started my Instagram like nine years ago. And it, and it when I turned it into a, um, like a, the wedding styling, I had this like relaunch, which, you know, you care. Like I just thought it was the biggest thing ever. No one really cared. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, this is amazing. Everyone's like, this yeah. is amazing. My launches have changed a bit since then, but I was like, okay, cool. No one cares. That's great. Um, like I've got a bit of work to do for this. And then, um, yeah, so when I did the relaunch, it was like two, it was three years ago in August and I, I did the relaunch. I had 287 followers that I'd had for all those years. That's how I'd grown it. Yeah, that's what I had. And I slowly, slowly just like clawed my way up. Um, 
and I think it's now at like 115,000 or something like that. Uh, yeah, my and uh-huh. <laughs> you're at 159, one, 115k. And Do you know what I love is when people stalk me in front of me. <laughs> oh, I know. Right? I'm like looking at your profile. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, and, and like you said, three, two and a half, three years, you went from 200 followers. To yeah. Maybe 300. Yeah. 115 K. Yeah. 115,000 followers. Yeah. So at the start of lockdown, I had 6,000. I'll never forget that. I had grown it to 6,000 and I was, you know, I was wrapped with that. I was absolutely wrapped with that. And, and, you know, anyway, I was wrapped with my 280. Like the number doesn't matter. It's not even no, that. No, it really but does. It's, just, it's so, yeah, it's interesting. And I used to be really intrigued by people who would grow their Instagram like that. I'm like, are you just buying followers? Like what is happening? Yeah. How, how do people do this? <laughs> but I can tell you, honestly, I haven't. And it was, it was when, um, you know, when I was in lockdown and I had more time to do things and reels first came out and mm-hmm. I think I grew about 60,000 in the space of a few months. So it kind of, yeah, that's what kind of, um, and then I've just kept up with it, which is, which is really good. But I think that there's definitely some key elements to doing all of that. And um, I think people find it so interesting because I used to find it so interesting too. Um. Wow, you're like blowing my mind with like all this information. This is crazy. So what I'm what I'm gathering from here. So this is kind of interesting that Becca sent me to you. This is like pretty spot on because I I launched the Fuck You Mentality, and it had been a project that I had for for a couple of years now. It didn't have social play. Like no one knew about it. Like it was just something that like you know like I cared about. Like no one knew about. It. Like no one cared about it. You know, but I did. Um, and when I was talking to Becca, she was like, you know, hit up polished by just by just well polished. It's, it's not by polish styles. What am I thinking? Polish it's polish style by Justin. But it's, yeah, whatever. You know, hit you up, you know, yeah. follow you on social. And I was like, all right, cool. So I did. And I started, you know, looking at your page. And I'm like, wow, well, like, I really like this. And I just like the platform. I like how you did it. I like how it was so niche It was very small, but like you said, so small, but, or like I said, so, but so big. And that's what the fucking mentality is. It's a very small niche group that I hope to eventually grow bigger you know, cause it's about like what you're saying. It's, I started super small, you know, it was a really beautiful journey, but it took these steps of like learning and kind of, you know, see what sticks and like, see what, how that works and how that works and how intriguing all this stuff is to then build this really big thing. But my favorite part about all of this is even though like you had like the 115 K like you built the success, you're still humble enough to be like, Oh yeah. Like I had 200 followers just three years ago, you know, and that totally like it ju- you're, you're just as normal as like the rest of us, you know, like we're all still trying to build here. We're all trying to build this platform. We're all trying to build something. Um, and instead of taking this strong desire to build something and being disgruntled by like the, the obstacles, you're just like, okay, well, how, what's my next step? Like, where else do I go from here? Like lockdown happened. Well, what do I do? I create an online platform. How do I create it? I don't know. I want to try it, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing. And I know that you know, a lot of people look for advice and a lot of people look for like, how did you do it? And what, whatever, whatever. And it's like, have a dream, have a goal, mm-hmm. break it down into small bite-sized pieces and do a few things every day. And my biggest thing, this is what I always do is I don't need to even know the end goal. Right. Or if I've got the end goal, I don't know. I don't even need to know how to get there. So I, all I need to know is one step. 
if I know one step that I can take, then I can take from there, I can work out the next one step. And from there, I can work out the next one step. And that's what I've done. And you know what is really amazing along the way? I never thought I would have an online education. I never thought I would have all the, you know, this follower number. I never thought that I would actually have my own education. That was my biggest goal ever from like 10 years ago. You know, that was my biggest goal. I used to, I used to actually be an educator for a, um, a product company. So I was like back in the day, so 10 years ago, and I used to drive around and let me tell you, they want their pounder flipped. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but it's true. And I used to drive around and I used to think, and I used to look at the guest artists that they would have. And I used to think it's so interesting how the guest artist comes in and I'm getting them coffee and I'm, I was actually a colour educator, so I used to teach hair colour. Mm-hmm. And I, I would even out the colour of the, this, you know, the model's hair and I would make her platinum blonde, absolutely clean, absolutely beautiful, and they would come on stage and they would put like two pink foils in her hair and then they would get all of the accolades and all of the this and all of the that. They are just, just this amazing stylist. And you know what? They are. That's great. But I used to sit there and I used to think, I want to be them one day. Like, I want to do that. That seems a lot easier than what I'm doing. I'm going on a country trip a week a month, being away from my family, um, you know, and in that whole week, I wouldn't have made anywhere near what they made in that one day. Right. And it's not all about money, but I'm like, I'm worth that. Mm-hmm. Why are you worth that? And I'm not worth that. Like, I need to be, I'm going to be worth that one day. That is going to be me one day. And I am going to have my own education business that I call my own shots. I do my own thing. I, will, I have no idea how I'm going to do it. Like it scares the hell out of me that I am going to do this, but I am. And it took me 10 years to do it. (laughs) But, you know, I'm the kind of person I don't really look back often. I only look forward, which can be a bad thing. And just recently I've looked back and really thought about how it felt to sit there and want that or how it felt to not have one wedding booking in and know that my business was going to be a success. And, you know, I can tell anybody until I'm black and blue and they just look at me like you're off your head. But it's, you know, in my core, I knew that I was going to get what I wanted to get. I had no idea how I was going to do it. And that's all I've done is put one, you know, that one next step and that one next step. And now I have other goals that I want to achieve that I have no idea how I'm going to achieve, but I'm just putting that one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the first step is just by, by taking that first step, right? I mean, that's all kids walk, right? When kids learn how to run and how to, you know, jog and whatever, the first step is getting on their two feet and actually learning how to walk. And that, it, totally. it, it's so awesome to listen to this because I, I, I preach about this, like how it's, it's not about the end goal. What realistically is the journey to get to wherever the hell it is you think you're going to be, you know, because that end goal probably is going to change and I can bet you that it will, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You sleep over the fact that it, you know, you're not this, this thing that you thought you were going to be, you know, cause it, it, what you are now might be 10 times better than what you thought you were going to be, you know? And there's a lot of peace in the unknown. There's a lot of peace in knowing I don't know, but what I do know <laughs> is what is in front of me and how exciting this is. Cause this is so much fun, you know, and then taking that one little baby step and that it just manifests and, and grows into these directions that when you finally let go of the control of where that next step is, that's when it just, it just takes off. It just, it makes no sense, but it just, you know, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, even though I had that goal of being this educator with my own business and, you know, doing all of the stuff that I do now, I actually did let that go. 
throughout the process. Mm-hmm. It's only now that I look back and I go, oh, wow, I made it here. Yeah. I made it here. You know, like I, I remember sitting in my car and thinking all those things and I've actually made it here. And the only reason I made it here is to take that first step and the next step, but leave a little bit of it up to chance mm-hmm. where you kind of go to who you meet. It's, you know, the experiences that you have, like meeting you, for instance, like this is my first podcast that I've ever Is it really? Oh, that's so yeah. fun. Yeah. And I'm so excited. Like that is awesome. But, you know, I started thinking, okay, I want to do more podcasts than none. I want to start getting on some podcasts and then there you are. So yeah. it's so interesting how these things happen along the way kind of and, you know, it might be something different that comes up, but I'll always take an opportunity. Right. Look, I want them to be aligned. I want them to be aligned with me. But somebody who um, is a real mentor to me in this industry said to me, you'd be stupid to say no to any collaboration, especially yeah. when you're growing and you're starting out. And I agree with that to a certain extent. I feel like it has to be aligned with you and your values and your business and all of that. I 100% believe that. But if it is, like, what's the reason you're saying no? Is it because you're scared to take the next step? Is it because, you know, like you think that that's not what you want? And it's like, if how do you know if you don't try it? So even if it takes time and you do think, I work heaps for free and stuff like that, like like in the beginning when I was saying, you know, about me doing all of the models and then do, I don't know, like getting your website up by doing these models and getting professional photos and whatever it is. These are the things that sometimes we look at and we go, I don't really want to do that because I'm not getting paid to do that. Or, you know, like, but it's not always about that. It's sometimes it's those things that get you way further than what, you know, whatever the 200 bucks that someone would have paid you to do it would. Right. Sometimes there's paid events and there's, those like, random whatever things that do align with you but maybe they don't align with like financially that but that's totally fine because I mean those that one little I don't know hour sliver of time could have created you thousands of connections and the next thing you know those connections and build and build they build and build and build and I feel like that's just the one little part of our industry that a lot of people don't really celebrate and that they always think that oh I I, I deserve to be paid a one thousand percent my dear but sometimes there's just this little, little, little message from the universe. that's telling you maybe not right now. Maybe this isn't going to be a paid opportunity because it's going to pay you in a different way. It's going to pay you in a way of knowledge, pay you in a way of connection, pay you in a way of, you know, propelling your career in a totally different, different direction. Doesn't always mean financially. I agree. And you know what, by doing all of these little things that actually make you or allow you to be able to charge more your craft anyway so you do end up getting paid for them so if you go out and invest in yourself with education or you get a you know kick-ass booking system or you do something or you meet somebody who puts you in front of this these people or whatever it is it just means that you can charge more for it because you know you're growing and developing that your skill through it all yeah um Talk to me about this. I'm on your online portal right now and I'm looking at your website. First of all, it's a very beautiful website. Anyone wants to look at it. Her, her handle is polished style Justine. And I'll put her all of her information in the actual podcast itself. So you guys can take a look at this, but it's very concise. It's very clean. It's very modern. It's very like, okay, boop, boop, boop. Um, what like, how do I want to word this? How did you, how did you come up with the, with the, the, um, like the wedding course, like the upstanding course, like how did you come up with this portal? Like, how did you know, okay, I'm going to put together this portal. This is what it's going to look like. Or 
I'm basically like asking like, what's, what's advice, I guess you would give for somebody who is trying to create an online portal like this. Okay. So website, not Instagram. Uh, yeah. Website, website, website. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I wish like, honestly, I wish that I had my first one that I made. Like I really do. I wish that I had my first website that I ever made to be able to show people how far you can grow. Yeah. I truly believe if you are, if it's brand new to you and you are putting together a website and look, it depends on where you are and how much you have to invest in your business. At the very beginning, I was just starting out. As we know, I was kind of like, I knew it was going to work, but I didn't have that money to invest in it. So I just got myself a Squarespace. Okay. I got a Squarespace account and I got on there and I just asked all of my past brides for photos of their hair and I put them up there. So it wasn't really cohesive at all because, mm-hmm. you know, they've all got different colors and um, different styles. You know, they've all had different route. photographers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all different styles. It's all over the road. And I just got them all to write a testimonial for me. And I, I didn't even have an online booking form or no, I think I did actually a little online booking form and that was it. So it was kind of really basic, really short and sweet and to the point and, and from kind of learning and teaching myself and looking at other websites and whatever, over time, I grew and developed it. So the first thing that I did to really upgrade it to kind of where it is now is get professional photography. Mm-hmm. If you're selling a product, you're selling a service, the photos are what is going to sell and especially, especially in this industry. So getting professional photos is an absolute must. And this isn't something that you have to go and fork out like thousands of dollars for. This is something that you can set up for free. If you um, reach out and collaborate with a photographer, with a makeup artist, with a model, that's all you need. The four of you together get to keep all of the photos and use them on your websites but they are, they are your bread and butter. And the reason I like to do this is because they're all cohesive with each other and you also have like creative direction over the style. So you get to create the styles that you want to create for your website or the color work or whatever it is. Like it doesn't just have to be wedding hair. This is like across the board. You can, you know, create a color, whatever. Do a style, it might just be like nice waves. It might just be a nice blow wave, whatever it is. Showing off your color. But if you get somebody to photograph it, you get a makeup artist and a model it's absolutely perfect because you have full creative control. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's good to have creative control is one, because it's pretty and you want it to look the way you want it to look. But more so is you want to attract the right type of clients for you. So if you're using these weddings that you go, oh, that photographer was great. They took beautiful photos. She looked lovely, whatever. But it's not the work I would usually create. Do you really want to attract more of that? Or do you want to attract what is like in your core that makes you absolutely happy to create and you find easy to create? <laughs> like, I mean, you can, you're charging the same amount of dollars, whether you like creating it or not. We may as well attract people who we love creating for. Yeah. So this is, this is my advice with that. So first of all, get your photography down and, you know, um, get as many images as you can that day, change it up, get two models if you need to, whatever it is. But out of a day of work, you can literally get your whole website done. And again, you're working for free, but is it for free when it's going to be attracting in those clients that suit you? This is how I have done my website. So my website at the moment is, they're all the images from Polish Skills, which is my online course. Mm-hmm. But before that, and if you have a look in my portfolio, they are all of my freebie shoots that I've done. I barely have a bride on it, and it's not because I don't. It's not because I don't like my work on brides because my 
I love my work on brides. It's exactly the same, but right. it's more because I have the creative control and I also have, it has the aesthetic that I like. So I like clean and white and whatever, but you pick your aesthetic and you find other creatives that suit your style and then you just go for it. And you can do another day later on, like you're never set in stone. So you can do another day later on where you can add to it and, and all of that. So that's probably my first thing. I don't know if you'd agree. Is that the first thing you noticed was the imagery? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my, that's my go-to. Um, in terms of how you like functional so the reason why you want a website and you don't just get people to dm you on instagram in my opinion Mm -hmm. is because what if instagram crashes or what if you know you get um hacked or something like that you actually you don't own instagram you don't own like as much as we all love our account and whatever we don't own that but we do own our website so if you can get somebody off the platform onto your website that you own then it's um I don't know, it's more guaranteed to get a result out of them. But also it's kind of then you can work on other ways. So you can have a mailing list or you can have different things. So you can kind of educate them and sell to them and whatever in a different way as opposed to it all being on Instagram and Instagram like own it basically. So you can put them onto something you own and then you can have a little bit more control over um, what they see because the algorithm also, they don't see everything. So once you get them onto there, if you get them to sign up to a mailing list or get them to email you or create a booking, then you can go back and forward from there and you don't have to rely on Instagram so much. I'm new, so to, that, my two hints. I'm, I'm new to that world of, of uh, website design because I, I had a website and I launched it and I hated it because I was like, oh, this is not, you know, this isn't, this isn't the best. But like you said, you just, you just have to get a website. You have to grow it. You have to learn it. And um, you're kind of jogging my, my thought process. I'm like, damn, like I, I really should hire some models because yes, like, I love my work, but exactly it photographs differently. And it's just not as clean as I might like on my website. Um, but it's so much easier. I, I am teaching a virtual class actually in like two hours after this. And I had everybody go through my website to then purchase the booking for the ticket for the website and everything's on an email and I can just email them. And it's very, it's very direct. It's very clean. It's very concise. Um, and that, this is mainstreaming my business. And this is also allowing me to capture emails and allowing me to have these connections always and not in this like cluttered list of, of Instagram DMs. Um, and it just looks more professional. It just, it just carries a lot better, you know? Um, but yeah, your website is just very, it's just very direct and it's very concise. Like I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, all right, sweet. Like I can click here, click here, click here, whatever. Um, and it's not saying that I don't see a lot of hairdressers with this, but I don't. And that's what has kind of drawn me, you know, when Becca recommended you to me, I was like, wow, like it, it's, it's creative industry meets like logic and they kind of married each other. And it's created this really awesome, like template, essentially. Like if you want this type of look and this type of industry and this type of clientele, like this is a really great thing to go off of. Great at making your own you know, but this clearly this works. And just to hear about your success, is just kind of, it's just awesome to hear where you started, how you got there. And obviously I don't know the full journey, you know, but I know enough to know, damn, like it caught my attention. And I was like, I kind of want to talk to her. Like I want a bigger brain, you know? That's awesome. I love that. And you know, with the um, website, it's really funny because I've created all of that myself. 
So I, no. I have done it all. Yeah. So just so you know, if you look at my website and think, oh, she's paid three grand to, you know, get that done professionally. I actually haven't. I did it myself through trial and error. And the reason I continue to do it myself, even though I am in a position where I could have it done for me, is that I like to have control over it. I like to change things if I want to change things. I like to, I'm a bit crazy like that. Like I like to, I like to be able to know, um, you know, I don't know if I want to change something that I can, that I don't have to like ring somebody and be at the mercy of someone else and be like, Hey, can you just change this on my website? I'm like, no, I want to be able to do it myself. However, in saying that I do have somebody who supports the back end of it. So I've got a full booking process now, like fully automated system that I use and she plugged that in. So there are different parts of it. And even with my online course. So when that came out, it's only been launched like a week ago, but I couldn't have done it without her. So I did all of the course and then she, she got teachable, which is what my course is on. And she went and put it like plugged it all in for me because I'm just like, I could learn how to do that, but money versus time. Right. If I pay her to do it, I'm better off because what do I need to learn that for? How many courses am I going to make? Like maybe what, even if I make 10, it's worth my while to get her to help me each time. Whereas for my website, if I want to change a small thing, um, I prefer it. I prefer to just be able to do it myself, but I mean, everyone's different and there's no right or wrong with that. Yeah. It, yeah. Like it's, it's kind of like neither here nor there. Um, but I do kind of, I do want to ask about, um, your journey prior to this, like prior to wanting yeah. to like wedding hair, updo coursework, you know, virtual, virtual world. Like what was like, what was like your journey? Like you said you were a colorist at one point. So like, what was that? You're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> Did that like- blow your mind? Because I never talk about that anymore. Yeah. It's no. so funny. I still do it. I still do like my parents. Um, but I'm so slow and my best friend, we do each other's hair. But anyway, so I started um in the industry when I was 15. Um <gasps> what was I? That's amazing. Sorry, go ahead. I don't meet many people that are that young. So I'm like, what? That's awesome. Anyways. <laughs> yes. So I was 15 when I started, I did, I don't know if you guys have this here, but it's called work experience Mm -hmm. in Oz. And what we do is in like year 10, you go and you work at a place, like you choose a place to work at for like a week and basically just to see if you like it. So I was never super academic. I was always really creative and knew that I wasn't, I was going to go off and do my own thing. So with this moment of work experience, you could choose, I had to do two weeks of work experience. You could choose to do two weeks at the one place or one week at two separate places. Mm -hmm. And I chose one week at two separate places. I chose a hair salon and I chose a kitchen because I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a hairstylist or a chef. Uh And I really find them really similar. I feel like you're giving somebody an experience. You're trying to make someone feel good. There's an element of it that's technique and then the rest of it, you can get creative. Like it's, it's a similar vibe. So I really didn't know which one I wanted to do because I loved the idea of both. So I went and did a, um, I went and did a week in a kitchen and I went and did a week in a salon. And at the end of those weeks, both of them offered me a job, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. So they both offered me a job to be a kitchen hand or to be like a tea and tidy girl. And I chose the tea and tidy girl. So from 15 to 17, I worked there you know, cleaning up after people. I started putting like the odd tint on and stuff like that. I mean, it was a long time ago, so you were allowed to just get a bit rogue. Um, I used to do flow waves and all of that kind of thing. And then when I was 17, I started my apprenticeship. So the rule was with my mum that I had to finish year 11, which is like, you know, we go up to year 12. So yeah. year 12 and then you go to uni. So I had to finish year 11. 
Um, and she went and spoke to my boss and said, don't put pressure on her. She'll come and work for you. Just don't talk to her about it anymore. She's finishing year 11. I'm the boss around here, not you yet. And yeah, and she was like, just let her do it. And then I'll let her come and work for you. So after year 11, I went and worked for him. I started my apprenticeship um, and I finished it. I finished the schooling for my apprenticeship in like a year and four months. It was meant to be a four-year apprenticeship because I've been working in the salon for so long and I just loved it. So I went and did that. And then by the time I was 19, I was fully qualified um, hairdresser. And from there, I went and worked in some other salons. I managed some bigger salons. I kind of wanted to grow and develop. And I was always the educator. I was always the trainer in the salon. I was always, you know, giving people tips and hints and teaching them. Like I really, that's my... I really, I don't know, it makes my heart sing when I can see other people achieve, especially, um, you know, when they're new and whatever. Back in my day when the hairstyling stuff, like they weren't overly nice to me. <laughs> like when, I don't know, they weren't overly nice to me. So I just took, I, I don't know, I couldn't treat people the way they treated me. So I would take the little ones under my wing and like just really try and teach them and all of that. Anyway, after I kind of um, was managing these larger salons, they were like, I was always the salon trainer and all of this. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and get my qualification. I'm going to go and become qualified, qualified educator. So I did that. I went and um, got my qualification. And it's so funny. I was actually talking to my mum recently because whenever I'm scared of something, I always ring my mum. And she always reminds me of a time when I was really scared and I overcome it. So I ran her and I was telling her about this and she said to me, do you remember when you did your training and assessment qualification to become a hairdresser educator? And I was like, yeah. And she said, do you remember you cried all night and couldn't sleep because you had to get up in front of the class and teach them how to gown a client? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, Justine, there were two people in the class. And I was like, yes. So I cried all night and I was so scared because I had to get up in front of two people and show them how to gown a client, which is something that I'd been doing for like, you know, 10 Dear. years. Yeah. Like, hello. I know how to put a towel on, put a gown on, you know. Yeah, yeah. Good luck to you. So it's really interesting that from there, how much it's grown and developed and whatever. So I got that qualification. And then from there, I decided I wanted to, I wanted to be an educator. I wanted to work for a product company and I wanted to go out on the road and do all of that. And I felt sick. I was like, how am I going to do this? I could barely get up in front of those two people. Like I'm going to have to get up in front of all of these people. I used to do all of the color classes. So all of the fundamental color classes, you know, all the way up and all of the salons that used this color would come in and have, like I would go into their salons and teach them and stuff, but they would come in and sometimes I would be up on stage in front of a hundred people. And it, it nearly broke me to be really honest, the way that they, taught me how to do this was like you know the onion peeling back the layers it was like I was up on stage at hair expo I was you know like with a microphone on and stuff like that and to break through that when I was like crying about getting up in front of two people and showing them how to gown a client like I was shaking like a leaf it was awful like they used to um you know get me up on stage and take a video of me and then we'd all sit in the room together like 20 other educators and we would go around to each educator and tell them about how they could improve and what they did wrong and I would just be like behind my hair, like going, I like not even watch myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't do this. The amount of tears, the amount of like breaking down that barrier of like being afraid and worrying about what people think about me, 
you know, and really being concerned about what I was wearing, how I'd done my makeup, how I'd done my hair, making sure that everyone, and it's like, you know what, people look at that for five seconds and all they care about is your message. All they want to know is what am I going to get out of this? (laughs) This is what I've learned. So, you know, over that time of doing that, I learned a whole lot about the education space. Anyway, from there, I, I worked there for a few years and then I decided I've, um, that I, we were going to get married and have kids and stuff like that. So I've actually been with my partner for 20 years. We met when I was 19. So wow. 20 years next year. Yeah. So he's just my best friend. Yeah. So it's random. Um, but, yeah, so I decided we got engaged uh, while I was working there and then we were, we were planning a wedding. We went and got married in Bali and we're planning a wedding and whatever. So I ended up leaving that job, to be really honest, look, that's the nice way of saying it that we wanted to get married the real way is that job in the end absolutely broke me they did some things that that I just don't agree with um and yeah it just kind of I felt unappreciated and I felt underpaid and I yeah so I kind of I left there and I started my little salon that's when I was in the kitchen with mom with the um, polished style And then so I started that and I was just doing that for a few years, just like doing some colors and cuts, just built up my clientele through Instagram, which is amazing. Considering Mm -hmm. I had 280 followers, I had the fullest book ever. Like it doesn't mean anything, like I say. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I was totally busy doing that. And then I had kids and then, so I spent a couple of years having kids and I was just doing this color work in between having kids. And then I wanted something more. I was like, okay, I want something more. I had to reignite that dream and that passion. And, and I didn't know, I spent a lot of time, a long time thinking, what am I going to do? Like I was trying to like look to the universe, like tell me what should I be doing? What should I be doing? I was so confused for a couple of years there and I didn't know. And I actually um, went, and upgraded my qualification. So I was like, it had lapsed by like two, there were two upgrades since mm-hmm. my um, education qualification. So I upgraded it and I decided that I was going to go and get a job at a hair school. Mm-hmm. And I went to the hair school that I learnt where I did my apprenticeship 20 oh, years prior and I got a job there. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a job there and I started working there and they were like, you're not a regular educator. You're not like a classroom educator. You're more of like a, you know, they liked how I built relationships and they liked how I kind of did things my own way and that kind of thing. So they put me into a position where I was looking after a high-end um, like salon group okay. um, and I was assessing their apprentices. So it was, I loved it. Like I loved it. I loved working with the their apprentices and, you know, they're standing there and they are scared because I'm standing there with a clipboard assessing their skills. Yeah. And I managed to build a relationship with them. I don't want them to feel like that. I've felt like that all my life, that someone's watching me and, you know, I know that feeling. So I'm like, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing here. I want you to win. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would walk off and I wouldn't stand there with a the clipboard and I'd go and sit somewhere else and I'd be watching them through the mirrors, bouncing off each other just so they don't feel like that. Like I don't like that. So anyway, yeah, so that went really well and I built a really beautiful relationship with that community and and that job and and all of that. But at that time I felt like um, I wasn't, I wanted to be more creative. Mm -hmm. So it was things like, you know, they'd sit their model down to do a hair up assessment and I'd be assessing them looking at the hair going, oh, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to put, 
that hair up. Put my hands in it, yeah. <laughs> I just want to do that. Like, do they know how lucky they are that they get to do this? Like, I'm sitting here with a clipboard and I want to be doing that hair. Dying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm nearly falling asleep because yeah. I want to be up on my feet and doing that hair. So I kind of was like, all right, cool. I'll start Polished Style, the wedding brand. I'll start that and that's when I did my launch and everything and I thought, and it started really slow and I was just doing it alongside that other job. Mm-hmm. And then it just got busier and busier and busier and took off like crazy. And so I had to say goodbye to the other job, which I cried for like two days because I was like, why can't I do everything? Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of like the gap that you're missing from yeah. the beginning to, yeah, right just before. Wow. That's fucking awesome. That, oh, is, that, is, so, that is so cool. I mean, I, I resonate with a lot of that. Um, I, I, I'm in that, I'm in that boat where I'm also, I'm the education director of my salon and I, I teach the girls and granted, I still am behind the chair. Cause I can't, I cannot, I can't not be behind the chair, you know? Um, but that Delaware, I, Delaware is kind of the same thing. Like how I got my license was the same thing. It was in high school and uh, you go through high school and you get your license in high school. So then you graduate with your license um and it's the same thing you just kind of like dive right in you're like you you're always like the oddball out right because you're just just a little bit different from like the rest of the crowd because just the way that you look at hair and the way you are excited about it you know um but that that is so cool to hear someone who is completely across the country for me um to go through almost very identical things but also to see like the trials and like triumphs of where you are now all the little steps and how it always comes full circle. Like I'm sure somebody is so envious of what you have right now, but what they don't understand is that you, you too were also in that position at one point, you know, where you were the stylist, you were behind the chair, you did do, you worked at the toxic salon, you did leave it, you know, you did this, you did that. Um, And I, I think it's funny to hear like, you know, you got to the education, you're like, yes, I love this, but there's like that small little part of you that's like, damn, I miss touching hair, you know, like I miss having my hands in hair. I miss kind of being creative. Like I thought I'd really love education, but I kind of just miss touching it, you know? Yes. Put the two together. You know, you can do both. Um, exactly. It's so, it's, it's crazy actually to think back and to think of all of that. So you can see where I was at with, you know, when I was at the, uh, educating for the company that you can see that I was just like, I just want to be my own educator, but how do you even get to that point? How does that even happen? Like, it's so, I had no idea how I'd ever get to that point, how I'd be able to run it myself and whatever, but through all of these other random things, and there's other random things that I did in between, Mm -hmm. like things like I went for a job with an airline because I thought I hated hairdressing in between all of that. Yeah. Yeah, Before I became an educator, I was like, "I, I think I can't do this anymore. So I want to get a job with an airline. And I went and I got kicked out after the first round and I spent two days in my bed crying about it like you know I can't even get it over the first round of it like I had contacts that knew me that it helped me with what to say and everything and I'm like so grateful now Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that I didn't get past the first round but at the time I thought it was the worst thing ever I thought I was the biggest failure ever and even just before I um redid my qualification to come back into the hair space I actually um went on this like little venture random venture with a friend she rang me one day and she said I'm doing this thing called the comeback queen and it's um it's about you know people that have gone through a tough situation and how they're like coming back to themselves and coming back out into the world and whatever 
and it was just this weird like it was I did it with her and it was more her idea and I was kind of supporting her on it I probably it probably was never fully aligned and that's how I learned my lesson about alignment right um I got trolled really hard by people I knew like really mean comments like fully trolled um like savage you know emails and stuff like that and people that wanted to take us to court because we used the word queen and all of this stuff so I was like it was a massive learning it was just I don't know this is so random but again it was a massive learning thank goodness that didn't work out because I would never have gotten to where I am now through lockdown and whatever like even though there's challenges it never stopped what was supposed to happen mm. so it's funny how you try to make these other ideas like you know I'm just going to do this I'm just, and I'm telling everyone and I can see in their eyes I think I'm insane mm. but sometimes you have to go through these things you have to fully go through them to learn your lesson so if I, now I've gone through that I'm never going to try and do that again I'm never going to try and go for a random job like that again because I know that it's not going to serve me but before I couldn't see the hindsight of that right so yeah it's really interesting it was almost easier to just run away instead of actually just kind of shift shift heads because you 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 want to think it's going to go one way like you like we'd said but it, sometimes it just doesn't it might look a lot different but you're still going to be in that space somehow it's just going to be different for you exactly I think sometimes I got scared yeah when you try to run away come back come back you know (laughs) or it's not happening fast enough for me like it's not happening fast enough for me so I'm just going to go and do something else because now that's not going to work and it's like sometimes you just got to be a little bit patient or you know keep working towards things but just keep working out the next step the next step the next step is not the sideways step like I've done the sideways step too many times and and you know what? I'm glad that I have because there's nothing like going through it yourself <laughs> to teach you a lesson. Right. Um, well, I'm going to wrap this up because I know you have things yeah. to do. Um, but I, I want to, I just want to end this with anybody who's listening. If there's one, just one piece of advice that you could give anybody, it doesn't matter if it's about life or hair or whatever. What is like the one crucial piece of advice that you always think about when you're making this next step? Don't be afraid if people say no to you. This is my my Ooh. biggest thing. This is actually like it'll probably make me cry because it makes me really emotional when I talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, sometimes a no is as good as. Oh no! Of course, it would glitch as soon as it's you like start talking. Hold on, try that again. It's of course as soon as you start talking, it glitches. Say that again. <laughs> no, that's okay. So I feel like learning from your nose. And sometimes a no means a yes. <laughs> it's in a way, in a roundabout way. So basically I used to get really worried when people would say no to me. I used to think, oh, my gosh, they said no, I can't do that, you know, and you'd spiral into this, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, like it's never going to happen for me, whatever. It can be really negative. But a no doesn't have to be negative because a no can often send you on a positive path. Mm-hmm. So the way that I look at it is I've been told no a lot. I ask for things all the time all the time and it's not going to stop me from asking for things from asking for things because I think that every no brings you closer to a yes Mm -hmm. and no's are really good because they are they're like your bumper bowling in a way do you guys have bumper bowling where the bumpers go up and it's kind of like bringing you into your center when somebody says no to you don't I think it's this reaction inside ourselves where we go oh my gosh I should never have asked for that oh my gosh I feel bad I shouldn't have asked for that I shouldn't have put them in that position or whatever and it's like no don't feel afraid to say no if something doesn't suit you and don't be afraid to accept a no and that's kind of uh, that's 
look, I'll give you a little quick example. So, um, you know, like on Instagram, when you collaborate with people and you look at these people and you think, how did they become influencers? How did they become influencers? And they get a whole lot of free stuff and they, you know, they talk about this stuff. They get paid to talk about this stuff and whatever it is. How they do that is they put themselves out there and they're not afraid to get a no. Because as long as they get one or two yeses, that's all things before where I've sent out an email asking for a certain thing and you know talking about a certain thing and you know I might send out 15 emails and get one yes Mm -hmm. and one no and no other response and the whole thing is with that and this is just one example of how you can apply this throughout your whole life your whole you know job career whatever is the way that I looked at that is I only needed one yes so I was wrapped that I got one yes Mm -hmm. I got one no and then the other people didn't respond what I need to do is work out why the other people didn't respond and get a no or a yes out of them. A no or a yes is way better than someone not responding. So it's kind of really interesting. And then you can learn from those no's. You can learn from the reason why people have said no to you. So if you get comfortable enough to take a no, get really comfortable and ask them, you know, why it's a no. And then you can learn from that. And then you're only going to achieve, you know, you're only going to grow and develop from that. And I reckon that is probably the number one reason I've gotten to where I've gotten is I haven't stopped because someone said no to me. I also have asked them why they said no to me and learnt from it and then, you know, changed the way I go about it next time. So, yeah, that's that's probably my biggest advice. That was the most random way to describe it. Hopefully you can kind of understand what's going on in my head while I'm trying I, to say I, I understand it 100%. And honestly, you know what that is? That's a lot of ego. That's a lot of learning how to put away your ego and put away your pride and know that sometimes you will get a no and it's good to swallow that ego and swallow that pride to ask why, because yes, ultimately that is just going to inhibit growth because if you can ultimately change, I don't know, like your approach or like your proposal or like how you worded things. And that's ultimately going to allow you to grow that no sucks, but what sucks even more is to allow that no to manifest, to, to inhibit your growth, like to, to not promote your growth, to not allow for the growth instead, take it and run with it, you know, and just learn why that's a good one. I like that a lot. Yeah. No, it's not always a bad thing. It's not. No, it's always a, no, it's not always a bad thing. No, sometimes it's a really good thing. It's a really good thing. As long as you feel comfortable with it. I know that one time I had a um a bride that came for a trial and then she decided not to have her wedding hair done with me. Um, right. It's only ever had happened once. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like, oh my gosh, like I don't know, making up 500 reasons why she said no and chose someone else over me, mm-hmm. I emailed her yeah. and I said, Hey, I really loved our trial appointment together. Thank you so much for your time. You know, I know you've gone with somebody else. That's totally fine. Can, would you give me the service of the time of just letting me know why? Yeah. And she did. And she told me it was the face framing I created. She liked the other girl better. So I went and looked at what the other girl creates. And right. I went in, back to the drawing board and I practiced all different types of face framing. So then I knew that, you know, someone asked for this type or someone asked for that type or whatever. This was early on. But I, it gave me an opportunity to learn that. And now my face framing is so strong because I it took, I took that moment to go, you know what? There might be some merit in what she said here. I'm going to go and check out what I'm doing and see what I can change. So a no is not, you know, how, imagine how many yeses I've got since that because I learned that lesson with the face framing. Right. So that's, yeah. What might be so trivial really isn't. This is it. Yeah. Well, Justine, that such an enlightening interview. Holy shit. Thank you so much for coming. You're so welcome. And just talking about all of this, guys, if there's anything to learn, this is a pretty juicy episode. Uh, listen to it again, refer it to a friend, uh, check out Justine. I'm going to put all her links in the description of this podcast. 
Um, but uh, again, thank you so much. And we will, we'll talk soon. Yes, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for having me.